Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9. Now, we'll talk NAPLAN in a minute, the um, good, the bad and the ugly of it, but uh, there's a new report also showing educator res- resignations, how it's reached a record high last year. And to talk more on it, I'm joined by uh, David Genford. David's the Australian Education Union Tasmania president. Good morning. Welcome again. Morning, Mike. How are you? All right. Thank you for making time. What is making our educators resign? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, but I think what we've seen over the last couple of years is the, the teacher shortage has really impacted our schools um, and increased the workload mm. uh, on our teachers and our support staff. Um, and also some of the extra administration tasks that um, teachers have been asked to do. Um, it just seems to have just keeps continues to be a pile on. And um, to see the numbers that have come out, and as you say, the, the record numbers, but it's also, that's now back-to-back years of a 50% increase, almost 50% in each year. Um, I know at last year, some people like wrote that off for COVID, said, well, COVID meant that some people left early, but to see a further 50% leave this year was uh, is very concerning for us. When we've spoken before about, you know, we, the shortage of teachers, I did read that um, the, the new teachers coming into the business covered these um, uh, these particular losses of teachers, but to, to show the, um, the Department of Education's latest annual report, 271 Tasmanian educators walked away from the teaching profession over the past year, and as you said, that's up 49% on the year prior, and it shows stress leave claims spiked at an all-time high jumping 46% on the previous year to 91 unbelievable absolutely and that's another stat that saw a 50% increase last year and then as you said 41% this year oh. so we've, we, we do see teachers come into the system but because they've seen these increases in um, resignations and retirements we're seeing a real shortage in our relief teacher staff which then makes it really difficult for people to actually be able to cover lessons. And we see students, and when their teacher's away, it happened to my daughter the other week, where her teacher was away and she got sent to a class two years younger than what, than what she is. Oh Didn't have the most productive day. Um, because, And that's, I don't blame the teacher. It's a, they are put in a really difficult situation when you've got your own t- class to deal with and then four or five students from another grade to deal with. Um, and this is this is part of the impact that we see on the students, which is 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 really concerning. It, it must be. I mean, I know that uh, it's uh, sad that Tasmania is losing these really good quality teachers because um, you, you say that the state government isn't listening to their needs, although the state government, uh, you know, the minister says, yes, we are. Yeah, well, I'd love for the minister to be able to highlight some workload solutions that he's willing to put in place because that's what we're calling out for. We're calling the, the federal minister has said we need to make sure we give teachers more time to teach and the minister has, has agreed to that. Um, but now we actually need, instead of words, we need actions to say, okay, how are we going to make that happen? Because we need some real solutions put in front of us to make sure we can actually give our teachers time to teach, plan and prepare. We've had solutions on the table um, when we've had discussions with the government. Some of them they agree to, some of them they don't. And as, as I've said to you before, hmm. our solutions don't have to be the answer. If the government has other ones, let's do it. Let's actually fix this problem. We can't remain the status quo and simply let our let our children suffer. Yeah, you're exactly right. We can't... Uh, the Education Minister, Roger Yench, what's he sa- said to this latest report to you? Uh, hasn't, hasn't mentioned anything to me. Um, I'm always willing to, to take a call from the Minister, but... Um, if I was him seeing those numbers, that would, to me, would, would cause alarm bells. Um, and I, I think the Premier himself needs to almost step in here and say, we need to make this a priority. Um, and if that means increasing the, the funding of the envelope that can help our discussions put forward more solutions, 
let's do that because I don't want our kids falling behind um, because we, we can't find these solutions and we keep losing quality teachers. I've, I've had some of my friends who have been the, the best teachers I've worked with walk away because it's been too difficult for a work-life balance because the amount of time they need to put in out of hours. Um, and, and I understand from a community perspective, some people say, oh, listen, what about all the holidays teachers get? A lot of that time is cut into planning and preparation because there isn't time during the day. Um, but I think the, the, from our most recent action and the community support we've got, there's an understanding of how difficult it currently is in the classroom, what it's like when you start to see the class sizes increase, the individualised learning that's required, and parents want to see what's best for their students. And to do that, we need the Premier to step in and say, let's make this happen. Indeed. What about the uh, recruitment drive? We've spoken about this before pretty much at length. How is that travelling? I mean, are we getting the people coming? Because it's not just teachers you're looking for, is it, David? Realistically, you're looking for assistance for, for, for more staff in general. And principals must be tearing their hair out. Absolutely. I've, I think principals find it difficult when you need to find staff that, that simply aren't there especially up in the north when we're looking for social workers and speech pathologists where there are vacancies. We cannot currently fill all the social workers and speech pathologist roles that are available. Um, and again, that falls back to our students who aren't getting the, the support mm. they need. Um, but you're right, when it comes to um, this, we need to focus on recruitment and retention. So we need to be able to recruit people um, from either within the state or interstate and we need to retain the ones we've got. It is difficult when we have the lowest paid in the country to do that. Um, and I find it, it's, it's a frustration that the government can't, can't see that. They don't see that as important because I've, I've had friends that go, well, I'm, I'm really struggling here, but I can't afford to leave teaching, so why don't I just move to the mainland? I'm still going to struggle, but I'm going to get paid more to do it. Um, we've talked before about that $50,000 bonus in regional Victoria. Why not go and, and start, start somewhere else and, and be able to really um, fund for a, a deposit on a house or something like that? So... We need to. We need. We need this is this is why I'm, I'm passionate about it because I don't want our best teachers to leave. I don't want our, our bright students to not mm. choose teaching as a profession because of the conditions and and pressure they they're put under. Speaking with David Genford, Genford, the Australian Education Union Tasmania president. I know that uh, state school teachers David walked off the job. It wasn't for two hours. Late September, calling for better wages yeah. and conditions. Um, but that doesn't seem to have uh, done much. There, there was some, some minimal impact and we started to actually get some things in writing which was which was appreciated um, but we're still short of where we need to be and I think these numbers kind of highlight that. We've also had the recent um, inflation numbers um, come out now up to 8.6% which shows how far um, the cost of living is, is increasing and for me that especially impacts our teacher assistants who are some of our most um, lowest paid people in, in almost any job because they're, they're, they're only paid for 40 weeks of the, or 42 weeks of the year. Um, the cost of living is hitting people hard and we need the government to really acknowledge that and say we need to be focused on, on fixing this. Um, so th that, that's my concern and this is why I think the Premier is, is, needs to step in. Um, and unfortunately, the, the executive that I lead have made the decision to take to take further action because the Premier and the Minister isn't prepared to actually come to the table to make these solutions happen. Um, and if we don't step up for our children, who's going to step up and, and make that? Because 
the government isn't putting new things on the table that can fix what's currently happening in schools. It does seem to be a mess. It's not just for health, but uh, I mean, we need to look after our kids, uh, especially when they, what they went through with COVID. Um, how's how's that travelling? I mean, is there an issue in schools with you know, do some want masks, not masks, uh, vaccinations, that sort of thing? What's the issue there now, David? Uh, I think from a COVID perspective, we've we've seen vaccinations stall at about, I think it's still about 65%, and I'd still encourage people to get their children vaccinated. Um, I think masks have become optional, and we're pleased that the government is still providing masks to those students and staff who want to, to use them, because we think that those people that feel more comfortable wearing masks, they should be allowed to do so. Um, but we do know the stress and trauma that's been put on some of our students because mm. of what's happened to families and the cost of living. So this is not just education staff, this is all Tasmanian staff, um, that it's become hard for some families and the pressure gets put on children. And when they are faced with that trauma at home, it's often the teacher or the teacher assistant or some support staff that needs to be there to try and help them. And that's why we need that professional support staff in schools to make sure that we've got qualified people that can help these students understand how best to get through these situations so we can actually have resources in schools to make sure we don't see children falling through the cracks. Is it just just pay parity that is the major issue, David, or is it it more? I mean, I know that I've seen the advertisement for go go interstate to to work here and you'll get these bonuses. Um, That that must be difficult to start with, as you've touched on. But, you know, is is it just pay parity? No, I think the working conditions is one of the, is is a higher priority. I think we can we can never turn away from pay. I can never you'd be dishonest to say if it wasn't um, part of the issue, especially when people are looking to um, stay in the state. But for a majority of our teachers, it's about the working conditions. It's about what extra tasks have been put on teachers and support staff without having anything taken away. And when things just keep piling up, piling up, piling up, eventually there's there's the straw that breaks the camel's back. And as you can see in the numbers we've chatted about today, people walk away because it becomes too much. We need to have a real focus on what tasks can we remove from um, the teachers so they do have that time to teach. Is it about mm. getting extra admin staff in the schools to provide admin for our either our teachers or support teachers or our um, leadership team so that there can be that focus is for, for someone else and our teachers can be there to teach, our teacher assistants there to help and our other wonderful support staff doing the roles they're designed for as opposed to trying to... Um, cover other areas they're not actually skilled in or, or really paid for. Interesting comments. And David, tell me, I mean, NAPLAN's uh, getting a bit of a, a you know uh, interest at the moment. I know that uh, I was reading that the 2022 NAPLAN National Report has been released. It paints a, a very interesting picture for Tasmania. I was reading with the state boasting above average participation rates but a decline in the performance of Year 3 students. However, this was more than offset by improved performances, I believe, for Years 5, 7 and 9 uh, students this year across most of the five domains, which are reading, writing, spelling, grammar and pronunciation and numeracy. But one area of concern is that while Tasmanian students in Year 9 did improve slightly on last year's result, overall, since the test was implemented back in 2008, they've actually gone backwards. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that plan, but when the government is the only thing they can cling on to is our participation rate, that's highly concerning for me. The fact that more people did the test should be really irrelevant, <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, the, the reality is, apart from the Northern Territory, we are the lowest performing um, state on, the, on that list, and we are not making ground to the other states. And, and that highlights the concern that we have. 
um, there are definitely factors in place. We are one of the highest um, uh, disadvantaged states, especially from a socioeconomic um, perspective. So there's, there's an, there is an understanding, but we need to be making ground on those states. We should not be this far behind. Um, and I think that's part of the, the issue is when the, it's, it's almost all linked together. We need to have that focus on resources in schools. We know mm. what funding is required to get to the minimum standard. The state government and the federal government need to work together to make sure that that happens to our schools so they can provide what's required for our students. But it was, I mean, you must admit, in some of it, there was some, you know, the greatest improvement was apparently in students years five and seven up from last year. Year three performed uh, the weakest, apparently. But um, that, uh, you know, I I would suppose being first time it was all online, 25,000 Tasmanian students sat the test. That's, uh, That's quite amazing. Uh, I think what we've seen is the the move to the the online test has had um, some benefits. Um, I think there's still some concern, especially for our grade three students in regards to their digital literacy. Um, How Mm. much, especially uh, if you're from a family that doesn't use a computer regularly at home, um, are you at a disadvantage when it comes to a test like this? Um, So yes, there there are definitely some some good points, but the, the feedback that I got from the department themselves was a lot of it about it was maintaining a, a steady, uh, was a steady comparison to the mainland, as opposed to making improvements. Um, and that's what I would, I would like to see is some uptick to show um, that we are making ground on other states who are well in mm. advance of where we're currently at. And David, do we need to see evidence-based approaches from teachers to learning? Uh, I, I think we do. I think our, <clears throat> our teachers, for the, the resources they have in front of them, do a, a fantastic job. and also our our support staff as well. And the the fact that there is now such individualised attention in our classrooms, the differentiation for our students that are struggling, the trying to stretch our students who are identified as gifted or that are already understanding of the the content being taught before them. I know in my 20 years things have changed so much and moving to that that evidence-based learning has, has been key. But at the same time, we need to make sure we give those teachers the time so they can actually prepare and look at the evidence as opposed to um, being asked to do extra tasks, which isn't sustainable. It's interesting um, how how callers feel about it. I just had a call upon on the screen. Cliff, he says, um, teachers want extra money, but we have literacy and numeracy problems in Tasmania. Interesting. Uh, Harsh. I, I think we'd love... To, no, that, that's, that's okay, because we want to see the, the extra resources in the schools. We want to... So if... If we can get the extra resources into schools, we can make those help make those improvements in regards to literacy and numeracy. If we don't give the money, so if Cliff says, well, let's not give the teachers any money, what's going to happen to our best and brightest teachers? They're going to go to the, to the mainland and it's going to be their students that reap the benefits. So when, when I'm talking about um, a pay side of things, especially from a teacher perspective, it's about retaining people to the state and getting other people recruit recruit quality teachers mm. to come down to our state. And then when we're talking about our support staff, the focus has to be on the cost of living because our the, the amount of money our teacher assistants are paid for the job that they do dealing with our most vulnerable vulnerable students, it is it is critical that we that we look after them and treat that seriously. So so I can, I can appreciate um, Cliff sending in something like that, but that's that's where I'm coming from mm. is we don't want people to leave the state. I want people to be paid the same for what our mainland counterparts do or even trying to attract people down here. That would be, I think, the key to making sure we can push for improvements in literacy and numeracy. Uh, that, I mean, that would be fantastic because reading the boys' literacy has slipped to the lowest level since national testing began with one in nine teenagers 
unable to read at a basic standard uh, despite a phonics-focused reading recovery among younger students. And understand, quite interesting, isn't it, phonic, uh, phonics-focused uh, because we see them with their uh, particular tablets or uh, whatever in their hand constantly. Yeah, so quite interesting, isn't it? And, and, and by grade nine, often if they have struggled in primary school, that's often when you're going to lose a student. I could speak to a grade five teacher and they could identify you which of those grade nine students are going to be struggling in grade nine. And that's why we need to make sure our teachers have time to plan and prepare engaging mm. lessons because we don't want those students to feel as though that they don't want to be learning. We need to find their passion and be able to help them um, find a reason to want to learn about literacy and numeracy and make that in, important um, connection. For example, someone who wants to become a mechanic, they need to have the, the number understanding if they want to run their own business or if they want to be working with measurement skills, etc. They have to have the literacy component to be able to, to fill out paperwork that's of required. Course. So there is stuff there that our students need, but sometimes about finding their passion. But if we don't give our time, te- if we don't give our teachers time to plan and prepare, then it doesn't happen and, and those students get lost and, and the numbers show it. We certainly don't want to see um, next year go up at 271 educators walking away from the teaching profession in the past year is, is as we started this conversation is outstanding just dreadful so we just don't need to have that happen again so uh, look I wish you the best of luck in altering the figures and let's hope it, uh, hope it works and let's hope our teachers get a better deal and we get more staff somehow David Genford I appreciate your time this morning no, thanks for having, having me on, Mike. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. David Genford, of course, and if you have any comments, and th- thanks to a couple that came through, uh, one three hundred double eight ten twelve or text 0444 1012 with Tasmania Talks. Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9.